2: That plush, And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to the Glory Hunters
2: podcast with Dougie Anderson and Terry Alderton and Jacob Hawley and Perry Groves. It's Arsenal v. Hibs. Terry, you never won a Glory Hunters. Never
3: won a Glory Hunters. How many have you played? About 20. No, probably about seven. This will be my seventh, something like that, maybe. Another yeah. uh, one. Maybe you should just give it up. No, I don't think I will, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see, but Dougie's going to be brilliant.
4: Dougie, so. you've won a couple, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good to see the, the famous ties between Southend and Hibs, yes. you know, manifested here today. <laughs> and the traditional ties. You <laughs> should be called the Mark Oxley team. Uh, <laughs> Jacob and Perry. Jacob, nice
5: to be sat next to an Arsenal legend. Nice to be sat next to an Arsenal legend. I think I won last time I was here, so I've got 100% record. I don't want to get stuck. So yeah, feeling well, good. <laughs> what you're saying is,
6: if we get beat, it's my fault. I never
5: said that, Perry. Okay, well, <laughs> so, Did you see that?
6: <laughs> that Subliminal messages were coming across
2: here. That's I think that's what he said, Perry. So good luck in the actual in the actual. In game. the real world. Okay, here we go, yes. here's glory hunters. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that's a right royal rumble of football fandom. Our guests are given the opportunity to represent the team they've always supported in a dueling contest of wit and wisdom. But who will be quick on the draw and who will be firing blanks? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Yes, this week sees Hibernian take on Arsenal. Dougie Anderson is representing Hibs alongside team captain Terry Alderton. Hello. Hello. Hello, Charlie. Thank you very much. And on the team sheet for Arsenal is Jacob Hawley, who's with team captain Perry Groves. Hello. Buenos dias. Oh, buenos <laughs> dias. <laughs> 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 buenos dias, Charlie. Oh, Barry, I didn't realise <laughs> Spanish. We are Spanish muy bien. there, yeah. muy
6: bien, muy oh, bien. Very
2: nice, Perry. Did you, have, did you ever play
6: in Spain, Perry? Um, I played away in Spain, but yeah. that's a different story. Oh wow! <laughs> You've got, you got
3: Anderson, Alderton, Terry, and Perry. You've got oh, a show over not you? <laughs> beautiful,
6: isn't it? Sounds like one of them.
3: One of those uh, Dave Deakey, Dozy, Dozy Mick, Mick and Mick Titch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You can be Dozy Terry. Oh, be okay, Dozy. yes. Now this is the first show we've had on Glory Hunters where both team captains have played the game professionally. Terry, are we
3: saying you played professionally? Yeah, I've got. I've got a, I've got a contract signed with South End United. I know that. Yeah, i have got one never did, had a first team game there. Oh, Only ever shit. made the bench. Did, but, did you ever play against Perry? I didn't, but I watched Perry destroy South End uh, once against uh, Colchester. It was it was South End United versus Perry Groves. And I still <laughs> remember him coming down. <laughs> he should be my agent. Honestly, cool. yeah. Yeah. I remember standing in the North Bank. Cause that was that was our home end at League that time. League Division
6: Four. four. four yeah, division and four. And Not the, league division four, and, uh,
3: division four. And of course, uh, Bobby Moore brought his old mate in, old, old Frank Senior, who yep. was really on his last legs, last legs. And uh, I think Perry, uh, with, a, with a hat-trick yeah. and a 4-2 win to
6: Colchester, I think he finished after that game. To be fair, Frank Lampard Senior was 62. <laughs> <laughs> but in the old days, the old, the old top star players used to like just fall down the leagues, didn't they? Because yep. they wanted to keep earning money. And it's the only time ever on a pitch, because all I, I had pace, I was quick, right? So I kept running past him. And then in the second half, you know, when a fullback sort of faces you up, and he was about five yards away from me, and he looked at me, it was like a black and white movie, and he looked and he thought, I ain't catch him. So he turned round and started running away from me. So it was like Keystone Cops. So I was running with the ball, running after Frank Lampard, and, and I'm running after him, and he got to the 18-yard box, and he just turned around like a pirate, as if to say, "Right, you can take me on now." And <laughs> yeah. It was just—I didn't know what to. I had no idea what to do, you know. When yeah, someone was yeah. running away. Think, I've not, I've not. I seen just that remember
3: that big shock of red hair running down the wing. Yeah. And then shortly after that, you went to Arsenal, but didn't we were talking just before the show? It's a bit naughty, but were you saying what happened? Something happened off the pitch in that
6: game. Oh, I was um, up in the uh, players' bar, and uh, I had the hat trick. Like they give you a ball, then they everybody sign it, which is great. And then Frank Lampard and Bobby Moore came out of the directors. Sort of lounge. Yeah. And, and Frank Lampard seen it had this like a, a handful of like bottles of champagne or whatever. So I just he went, he said, well played, son. Like that. I went, All right, what's that, Frank? He went, some the Match, was not I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, like,
2: just destroyed you. And the sponsor <laughs> would give him the <laughs> Match. Because they wanted to meet him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good play. Well what's the moment? Yeah, but you can both answer this <laughs> in on. different ways. What's the moment in your professional career? A Perry, what was the moment when you realised Actually, I can do this. I'm going to get a move here. I'm going to move up the leagues. I can. I'm good enough. And Terry, what was the moment you realised
3: oh, I haven't got this? Uh, I think the final straw came against Colchester Schoolboys, and they were the days you play at the ground. You, yeah. What well, you didn't play in a park. You used to play at Roots Hall, so the kids would play at Roots Hall. And uh, there was I can't remember. Who, I remember Spinner was there. Sp- Spencer Pryor was, yeah, was playing right centre half. Yeah. And he was in front of me, and this kid's run up the wing, and he's got through, and he's hit one bottom corner, and I've made a, a great save. I've got to save full. Yeah locked onto the ball, lovely, crisp into my hands, And they were the days of steps rule. You know, you can oh, only yeah, take oh, yeah. six. One, six, four, yeah, six, two, three, four.
0: Ref, six steps, ref. So there were the
3: six steps rule. And I stood up with the ball in my hands and through the excitement of everyone going, oh, well, good save, keeper. You know what I mean? Uh, I did a moonwalk and, and I got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally exploded <laughs> with TNT. The referee yeah. blew up indirect free kick, they scored, we lost 1-0, and that was the end was of it, the I, got, end. I got a letter, so that was really, and oh, I was rubbish, I'd like to say I had an injury, but I was rubbish. You weren't point. rubbish, you just was good, good enough, like, Terry. But you still got about you, Perry?
0: It's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's
6: true. You weren't rubbish, you weren't good enough. <laughs> That's true. It's always tough, isn't it? <laughs> it's tough, <laughs> it's tough at the top. Um, I think it was, uh, Cyril, I'd been in the first team at Colts when I was 16, playing centre, centre midfield, like, Giving it and getting it, but I was a bit too flaky. And then uh, Cyril Lee, because I was quick, he put me out on the right wing. And then there was, there was just a couple of games. I tell you, one was at Torquay at playing more away
2: because yeah, uh, it was
6: better away from home because you got more sp- away from home, you got more space. And then he just sort of done. Tony Adcock was another ginger lad, player, scoring bundles of goals and people watching him play really. And I just started to play well. At- and it's a bit of zeitgeist thing, you know, right place, right time. Mm, so yeah. it was one of them. Yeah. So then, I mean, then as a winger, I started scoring a few goals, and that's when people go. Oh right, he's mm. actually scoring goals. When it's in the greening was the old football paper, the Pinken, yeah, and that. So you used to get a few write-ups in that, and that, that was about it. Yeah, it was all right. So you say
3: left wing now, but I remember that goal, you, that hat-trick you scored. I remember you coming down the right. Yeah, I was right winger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sorry, me yeah. I can see it now. I honestly, can see it now. I love you, tell.
6: There we are
2: now, Arsenal legend Perry. That's where you eventually <laughs> end up. Jacob, huge Arsenal fan. How does it fan. feel? Playing glory hunters next to someone who actually played for Arsenal. That's it.
5: Oh, no, I haven't asked for an autograph just yet. I know, I'm yeah. going <laughs> to <laughs> wait until the microphone is turned off See if I can sell that down at the next
6: match day. <laughs> That's great. Let's be honest. You was on Wikipedia all last night, guy. I had no idea who that is. And <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever see? No, you're
2: too no, young, to have seen. Too
6: young. You, I think you left
2: Arsenal in 92. Yes. That was when I was born. Well, wicked Jake. So, so so that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was when you course. were born. Now, of course, Dougie. Yeah. This is an Anglo-Scottish team for Hibs today. Yeah. You and Terry. A bit like
4: Liverpool in the 80s. Uh, absolutely. Huge... Well, pretty much like any English team in the 80s. Yeah. A sort of crammed full of Scots and English. Um, I think Hibs Arsenal is the, the classic and even battle people have wanted. For quite some <laughs> time, <laughs>
2: isn't it? Um... Well, there we are. The scene is set for Hibs v Arsenal. To seal kick-off, we start with a clip of Louis Van Gaal discussing hair pulling in the game and suggesting when and where it should be limited to.
1: Nowadays, you cannot control it uh, by yourself as a referee. It's so difficult. Uh, when you see what, what Hood is doing with Fellaini, uh, that's a penalty. Shall I grab you with your hair? And, and what, what what is your uh, reaction when I grab you? Your hair. Your hair is much shorter yeah. than Velani. But when I do that, what are you doing then? He can't react like that, though, can he? With an oh. elbow in another player? No, plan. I, this, no I, I think that's a normal reaction. Every human being who is grabbed with the hair only with uh, 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 with sex masochism. Then it is uh, allowed. Wow! Keep it light. Um, <laughs> 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 a
6: bit much, Louis? Uh, no, Perry, you got one hundred percent. You... There's certain things that are a no-no in football. Obviously, spitting is like completely disgusting. we players. You're like, you should be allowed like, to punch someone. Pulling hair is another one. I got sent off. I only got sent off twice in my career, and one was a hair-pulling incident against Port home, Layer Road. I'd, I wanted to leave our coach at the time anyway, so I weren't in a good yeah. headspace. I remember running through and I think it was Barry Siddle in goal. And um, I was through on goal and their right back, I had a brilliant ginger mullet at the time. You shaved at the side, you know, David oh, Crite had the mate. back and he's yanked me back by the, hair, by the mullet. By the mullet. <laughs> by the mullet. He's <laughs> yanked by me by the mullet. mullet. I'm like, mullet. you can't. Do it. And I'd lost it completely yeah. and the goalkeeper threw it out to the right back and I just thought, were having it. So I just chased him down and it was like a Cantona launched myself two footed, Kung through. Fu one at the neck, one at the, uh, the, the, the um, thigh yeah, and there was a wall that went round Culture United at the time this little white wall and he just went straight over like like a uh, <laughs> WWE flight, think, straight over <laughs> and landed amongst all the supporters and I just thought I'll get my coat. So I just didn't, <laughs> didn't wait, so just I just walked, walked off. off. Yeah, so 100 percent with Louis there with the hair. You don't touch people's barnets. There we are. Right, okay, but here's the question.
2: Can you tell me in percentage terms what was Louis van Gaal's win rate as manager of Man United? His win rate as manager of Man United. It's sealed bids. So while both teams confer, here's a short musical interlude. Right, there we are. Okay, we've got the sealed bids in. Perry, Groves and Jacob Haller, you have said 52%. Unbelievable.
4: (laughs) Incredible scenes.
2: Dougie and Terry, you have said 51%. (laughs) (laughs) It's nearest the pin and the answer is 52%. Oh, there we are. Oh. You're miles off. One off. That means Arsenal, you will kick off next as both teams try and convince me that they are the biggest here today as we do this. My club's, club. My club's bigger than your club.
0: My club's bigger than your
2: club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They're free to employ any reasoning they wish. It's not about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and mines. Arsenal, you've won the right to go first, and your 30 seconds starts now. I've got a couple of reasons. I mean, Perry, you you,
5: you sort of joked earlier that I had to Wikipedia who you might be. That's not true. I'm a big fan. I did have to Wikipedia who Hibs were, I'll be honest. And I I
4: will
5: say this. One reason Arsenal are bigger than Hibs, and there might be a few reasons. When I typed in Hibs into Google, Google asked me if I'd spelt something else incorrectly. (laughs) Yeah, The other reason I will put forward is, uh, is, is that, you know, we, we've got Perry and myself here today. Uh, on the other side against us, you haven't actually managed to find two Hibs fans that could do this. So you've had to hire Terry Alderton to impersonate a Hibs fan just so that you can make up a panel. So that's the reasons I put forward is why Arsenal might be bigger than Hibs.
2: OK, that's it from Arsenal. Thank you very much.
4: Uh, Dougie Anderson, could you tell us why Hibs are the biggest club here today. Okay, on a previous show we established the cultural, global and indeed cosmological significance of Hibs but let's put that to the side for any arguments are superfluous um, other than what I'm going to go ahead with. Um, And worth saying, Hibs have won just as many European Cups or Champions League titles as Arsenal. So here it is, Hibs are bigger and better than Arsenal because not only are Arsenal inauthentic, they simply cannot be taken seriously because of their identity crisis. These Johnny-come-latelys were formed until 1886, and then not even with the name Arsenal, not even with the name Royal Arsenal or Woolwich Arsenal. They were called Dial Square, a name that conjures images of a rudimentary financial district downtown, which like the Emirates or Highbury before it, can go very quiet at the weekend. I'll give Arsenal this, they are undoubtedly one of the biggest clubs from South London but really, the North London derby (laughs) should be played out between Spurs and Haringey. Do you know what Hibs were doing when Arsenal were formed in 1886? I'll tell you, celebrating over a decade in existence but something far more important (laughs) took place the year after that that makes this whole debate null and void. In 1887, Hibs became world champions in a match billed by both the FA and the SFA as the Association Football Championship of the World decider. Hibbs went up against the best team in England, this is absolutely true, Preston North End, and beat them 2-1 on August 13, 1887. So you see, 25 years before the Titanic sank, Hibbs we're always going to be bigger than Arsenal. The job was done, and the world moved on to far bigger matters, such as the 10 year countdown to the publication of Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1897. So, just to recap Hibernian world champions, Arsenal,
6: Nate Dial Square. Nowhere near.
2: Beautiful. Me. What a beautiful lesson. Jacob. A little round of applause. <laughs> beautiful on. arguments. Come on, Perry. I don't
6: know if it's me, but, Jake, I think your answer might have been a little bit short. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I'm not sure. Really. No, Jacob's answer
5: seconds. was very good. It's, it's 30 seconds really? we're supposed to be given to do that. That was <laughs> Alex
2: Ferguson's extra time. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's answer was had some very good trolling in it. Top trolling of Terry's career. Also, top trolling of, of Hibs. Not having many fans in that. But then... Dougie did rely on history. He really played to the talk sport heartland using words such as superfluous and (laughs) cosmological. (laughs) Dial Square does sound like someone who's just bought the stadium rights to a a lower league team, the Dial Square Stadium. And you can't argue with world champions, can you? That That is something that genuinely did happen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Hibernian two goals and Arsenal one, just for the top trolling of Terry Alderton which <laughs> is always good in my book Spurs are like a democracy with Harry Redknapp as a dictator This is Glory Hunters the podcast from Talk Sport Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics I'm going to invite each member of the panel to suggest an idea they believe will change sport for the better. This idea may go against conventional thinking and cause outrage among the purists, but our panel refuse to be silenced by those who wish to preserve the status quo. Instead, they're quite prepared to break the necessary number of eggs to make a new sporting omelette. Terry, we're going to start with you. Thank you, Charlie. And it says
3: here, goalkeepers get handsy. Righto, here we go. So the idea is, obviously, you're a goal down, send the goalie up, send the keeper up, send him up, try and get his head on it. But I reckon the goalkeeper should be able to use his hands in both areas so he can go into the opponent's box and then punch one in. Yeah, it's very So good. goalkeeper versus goalkeeper, kind of goalkeeper wars. So that's where I'm going with goalkeepers can use their hands in both ends. Terry,
2: I think it's a very, very good idea. I Um, think it's a great idea. It would be great
4: fun, wouldn't it? And if you don't mind me saying, Terry, showing the, the prowess and skill in that answer that... Not only got you the addition but also the part in London's Burning.
2: Thank you. <laughs> we all remember
4: that.
6: Twenty years ago. Harry, yeah, remember with the goal with the goalkeeper where he went up and scored? Yeah, it'd be like Aussie bit like Aussie Rules would come into it, few little ah. outs Yeah, yeah so, I see so, that. Yeah, and they'd go man for man, wouldn't they? The goalkeeper? Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Would well, then go keeper. on the other goalkeeper, man for man. It's a great idea, Terry. I'm going to give
2: you two goals. Thank for you very it. much, Two goals, Baker. Jacob. You want the fans on Zoom? Yeah,
5: well, we're obviously living in lockdown at the moment. We're in a situation where we don't know when the Premier League or any football is going to resume they're talking about playing games behind closed doors which I'm not a massive fan of I'm a match going fan myself I enjoy being in the stadium so I think if they are going to continue with football but we can't be there I think set up massive screens behind each goal and all the fans can watch via Zoom shout in via Zoom Lovely. shout over each other and so it might
2: just about feel like there's still fans in the ground. Why just behind the goals? Why not around the sides as well? Just yeah, a, could Or a TV that, screen, yeah.
5: every single seat. Every seat have a little little iP- iPad oh, on, on a sort of on iPad, a mannequin. There could be an iPad on a mannequin where, wearing the correct shirt and everything like that. It would look like the future. It's going to cost great. a lot of money,
2: this. Yeah, they've got a lot of money, don't they? The Premier League got a lot of money.
6: No, not at the moment. They apparently. Oh really? No, no, they can't. <laughs> no, apparently, no, they haven't got any can't surplus. Keep their clubs going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: How technically would it work? Do we do we know? Oh, don't ask me. I don't know how to do don't that. <laughs> someone will work it out. There'll be brains somewhere. Do you think try and get work. a chant going and, and someone else
5: would be this is it. trying yeah, to get a different it's, it's, chant going? It's the thing It's the thing. like with any Zoom conversation where everyone's trying not to talk over each other. We're all trying to do it at exactly the same time. But if, if we all count each other in, everyone could get a little <laughs> chant going at the same time over Zoom. You could have the usual thing where people that you live with are sort of disturbing
2: you while you're trying to do it. I think it would work. Jacob, it was an excellent answer. I think it's a brilliant way for people to still watch football. Get rid of behind closed doors football. I'm gonna give you three goals, Jacob. Three goals. Perry, I'm
6: gonna to come to you next for extreme squash. Yeah, you've got to feel sorry for squash. They can't get themselves in the Olympics. Reason being is it's a bit, they see it's a bit too boring on telly, do not they? You can't really follow it. They've tried with the, the glass walls, haven't they? And if you think in the Olympics, skateboarding is in the Olympics, surfing's in the Olympics, mm. BMX is in the Olympics. So my idea is just to make it a little bit more. I think people like to see a bit of violence, and there's in squash. There's too many lets. There's too many because mm. if you, you're trying to battle for the tee, aren't you, to get like the dominant place on the on the court? And if the ball hits you, they, normally it's a let. I think it should be the other way around Now I think if the ball hits you, the other person gets the point. So I think that you'd have um, like extreme squash where you, just, even if you're in the corner, yep. you can just turn around and just smack them and aim the ball at them. Yeah. You get a point if it's below the waist, between neck and waist, it's two points. Head is three points oh right 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 around the eye yeah and I've actually played that myself it's uh, it's racket ball which is a version of squat with a bouncier ball smaller rackets playing doubles and me and my my three mates played a version of that and it is absolutely it's like murder ball it is you get Wall marks all over you. Yeah. I think it'd be exciting. I want a bit of violence in squash just to it uh, Now,
2: Perry, I think this is a brilliant idea. I've been playing squash myself for the last 18 months, trying to think of ways to make it more popular, get people back in the squash clubs. Because at the moment, you go in there and it's like the Marie Celeste. <laughs> it's like they're, they're empty, it's like they haven't been open since 1988. And everybody's got a knee
6: band on, haven't they? Everybody's
2: Every, got a knee band. Everyone has done it. So no, it's a great game. This is a brilliant idea. Extreme squash, I like it. Three goals, Perry. Dougie, you've got a Commonwealth revolution.
4: Well, I think the Commonwealth Games does need a complete overhaul, not just to be better, but to survive. And so I propose this. It will only ever be staged in the UK, not in any other Commonwealth country (laughs) ever, because not only will this be a pick-me-up for the nation every four years, it will banish the increasing apathy surrounding the Games from the rest of the world, because let's be honest, for honesty is the best policy. No-one abroad cares or can afford... To host them, Canada and Australia, they've got bigger fish to fry, for instance. And let's not forget what happened in Delhi in 2010 mm. footbridges outside of stadiums collapsing and the water in the swimming pools inducing stomach bugs in competitors. That's right, I've moved on to footbridges and bugs. Make this a festival of sport every four years in Great Britain. Goodness knows we could all do with it. Moreover, we'd do it brilliantly as well. There we are. I mean, uh, the Commonwealth Games,
2: does it feels outdated, doesn't yeah. it? It
4: feels outmoded. Yeah. So you think just call it the UK Games? Commonwealth Games, it's outdated. Maybe it needs banished. It certainly mm. needs a change. It's squashing. Isn't, it,
6: isn't the, the, the plate of major sports, like for the people who aren't quite good enough to be mm. Olympic champion yeah. or world champion, they think well oh, you know what I'll make a Commonwealth gold and it's, it's for that yeah, the one who ends up 4th but you can have your Olympic
4: World Champions obviously in the Commonwealth Games you know you remember a sort of big Linford Christie big
6: uh, Liz McHulgan. Daily Thompson must have won the Commonwealth Cup when he was about sure. eight or nine months what of I, of
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like the answer. I'd have preferred the answer if you just said we should get rid of the Commonwealth Games.
4: I, I do think though because we need something as a, as a pick-me-up for years to come in Britain and we do, I mean, God, if the Olympics show us anything, we can we can put on a great show here yeah. sports-wise. Um, so just to reiterate, yeah. um, my main point is let's <laughs> get, get rid of the Commonwealth Games. <laughs>
2: Everyone gave 8 out of 10, and you can't ask for any more than that.
1: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: I'm Jim White. As a teenager, I took an active role in drama and ballet.
2: You're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both teams' history. Terry and Dougie, we're going to go back to 1991 and this.
3: We are playing it to the to right. This could settle for Hibbs. It's Keith Wright. That settles it. Hibbs now surely destined for the
2: cup. Keith Wright's goal gave Hibbs a two-nil victory against Dunfermline in the Scottish League Cup final. But what else do you remember of that year? Here we go, 1991. Oh, an Anus Mirabilis. Question one Can you tell me which Scottish football legend retired from the game that year? Was it A? Hanson is up there, this is
0: McDermott, and he's onside, and Hansen scores.
2: Alan Hansen, or was it B?
0: And there's Mulled in it at the far post by Joe Jordan.
2: Joe Jordan, or perhaps. Another good ball forward, and Brazil's in a position he's not offside. Brazil scores. Alan Brazil, right? Which Scottish football legend retired
4: from the game that year? Right, Terry. Yes, George <coughs> Jordan was still playing in the eighties at AC Milan and whatnot, but I think by the ninety-one, I think he, I think he'd stop by then. Uh, Alan Brazil, no way was he still playing no. in ninety-one? No. Surely, for the love of the children of the future? No, no, no. Hansen, well, yeah, I mean he was. He was lifting trophies for Liverpool, certainly, 89, 90. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. Nineteen I'll let you do that all on your own. I'm not even going to join yeah. in.
2: Not even going to do that?
3: I 19... kind of, no. Not, the, mm. My knowledge on that is nowhere near as good as Dougie, but it feels correct. feels right. It feels right.
4: It's about, sometimes, well, we're, we're going for a nice guitar solo here, aren't we? It's all about the feel. It's all about the feel. It's definitely, <laughs> you're right, it's definitely
3: not... Um, Alan Brazil. Well, you're going for Alan Hansen. Let's find out. Hansen is up
0: there. This is McDermott and he's onside. And
2: Hansen scores. It was Alan Hansen. Let's go for question two. Who became the most expensive player in British football in 1991? Was it A? Sheringham, Clough calling for the early cross. Sheringham
3: goes for goal. Oh.
2: Teddy Sheringham, Millwall to Forest or B? And Steve. Trevor Stephen, Everton to Marseille, or perhaps C? And chipped in,
0: and volleyed in, and it's there by David Platt!
4: David Platt, Villa to Bari. Just on the subject of Trevor Stephen, fair to say, one of the greatest English players who... Doesn't seem to get his due. What a player he was, Trevor Stephen. Not really talked about too much, but my God, he was a player. Who do you think, Terry? <laughs> Teddy Sheringham, Trevor Stephen or David Platt? Well,
3: I don't think Ted was the big deal at that point. Okay. I, d- I don't think uh, mm. when he went to Forest, it was a big deal. Was that, the next move on was the, was the big yeah. deal for Ted, yeah. wasn't it? Well, so,
4: gonna, you're thinking 96. Well, like that, he he, he, really he the... scored
3: the very first televised goal on, on Sky. In, uh, in the Premier League, so yeah. I think when the Premier League really got going, that's when the money started mm, really flying, yeah, and I think yeah. that's when Ted then made that next move on. Yeah. So I don't think it's Teddy Sheringham, uh,
4: Stevens. I'm not not too. To Marseille. That's going to be a, that's going to be one that you would think. But you're talking Marseille, big football town. Yeah, true. Because yeah. we remember Marseille did win the European Cup in '93, so they're not far off. Yeah, true. Who is still living off Italia '90 excitement? Well, it's Plattie, isn't it? It's got to be Platty. I was going to say, Dave Platt is the one that I would think it would be.
3: Let us both go with Plattie. You're going with David yeah. Platt,
2: Villette Tabari. Let's find out. And chipped in.
0: And volleyed in. And it's there by David Platt.
2: David Platt went for six and a half million. Marseille spent five million on Trevor Stephen. And Sheringham joined Forrest for two million pounds. Question three What was the highest grossing movie of 1991? Was it A? Terminator 2, or B?
0: Everything I do, I do it for you.
2: Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or was it? A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. (laughs) Silence of the Lambs, Mm. tough...
4: Questions. It's a tough question, but it's a great question.
3: It's a great question because you're kind of going, when you hear Could them, be you, any of them, you go, it? it's definitely Terminator,
4: and then you hear the others
3: go, yeah. but I still think it's Terminator. I, I've got a feeling that's Smash Records. I remember seeing that. I went to a premiere of that. Terminator 2? I went to see it, and I remember sitting there and just going, this is unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like it in my life, like the special effects and everything, just mm. thinking, this is un-flipping-believable. I'm just thinking, what are the ratings on those yeah, films? Well, that's Great. what I
4: was thinking. What are they? What? The whole family are going to get into Robin that's, Hood, aren't that's they? That's what I'm thinking. On the back of Adam's, Silence of the Lambs, 18 certificate. Exactly. Although Oscar-worthy. Terminator 2... Riding dun, on the of You dun, Could Be dun, Mine, the Guns N' Roses soundtrack dun, or the dun, song dun, soundtrack dun, could dun, be found dun, in one of the User Losing albums. This is Dougie's
3: specialist dun, subject. All right, look, I'm, I'm, I'm saying with you,
4: Dougie... We go with
3: God. We go with God. Should we go <laughs> Robin Hood then? I've got a feeling Terminator did break a lot of box office th- things. But in America, I'm, it was
4: huge, wasn't it? And that's a big territory. We're going Terminator 2. We're going two. Terminator 2. Terminator 2, let's find out...
2: Yes, it was Terminator 2. So at the end of that round, you scored a maximum of three, which takes you to 11 points over Arsenal's 10. Perry and Jacob, we're going to go back to 1994 and this. Acrobatics, but it
3: comes for
2: Smith. Yes, Alan Smith scored the only goal of the game to give Arsenal a 1-0 victory over Palmer in the final of the Cup Winners' Cup. But what else do you remember of 1994? Jacob, make us all feel sick. How old were you in 1994? I would have been three. Three, thank you so much. (laughs) Question one. Who finished that season as the Premier League's highest goal scorer? Was it A? Now, can Cole conjure up something here? Cole still going, still Andy Cole. Andy Cole at Newcastle, or B? And Shearer's free, and
3: Alan Shearer scores.
2: Alan Shearer at Blackburn, or was it C? And
3: it goes in from Sutton. He's done it again.
2: Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton at Norwich. Who finished the season as the Premier League's highest goal scorer in 1994? Cole, Shearer, or
6: Sutton? I think we can write off Chris Sutton. I mean, Because I'm... I can't remember ever winning the, the Golden Boot. And I can't remember him scoring bundles at like 25 for Norwich because mm. they were like like a middle to bottom tier side, weren't they? So we can rule him out. I didn't watch many Norwich games that season, I'll be honest with you.
0: haven't <laughs> <laughs> <So> got <laughs> so a take, DVD? T- oh, you missed out. You missed
6: out. <laughs> the canaries are flying. <laughs> <laughs> were
5: they? I, I had other things on at that point in my life. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take he was your... on your
6: trike, weren't you? Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my, where, when was Shearer's big move? This would have been just after his big move to, to Blackburn it? when they had all the money.
6: Well, Shearer, Shearer and Sutton played together at Blackburn, didn't they? Yeah. So if they're saying it's Sutton at Norwich. So this is... This so Shearer's normally a go-to answer. I'm leaning that, towards Shearer. Yeah, what are you Too thinking?
5: obvious. Um, uh, well, that's the only reason I say it wouldn't be. I'm leaning it. What do you think?
2: I, I think I'd go
6: for the obvious one. I'd go for Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer? Yeah, Yeah. definitely.
2: B. B you can go for Shearer. B. Alan Shearer at Blackburn. Let's find out. Now, can Cole conjure up something here? Cole still going, still, Andy Cole. He's done it again. Andy Cole finished the season on 34 goals in that Newcastle
6: side running that all-out attack. Andy Cole scores goals, right? He was the worst boot boy ever. Oh. He was my boot boy at oh. Arsenal when I was there when he was breaking through. And he was I was useless at Culture the Boot Boy. He was even worse than me. Oh, and dear. you actually have to sing at Christmas, as Christmas carol, whatever, to get your money. And then he can't remember him come up to me, or he got dumped with a bucket of dirty water or whatever. I took great pleasure in getting <laughs> that dirty water. And he's still come up and asked for 30 quid. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I said, not me, my boot's like they've been like, taken out of museum from 1954, <laughs> that mud all caked over him. He was a rubbish boot boy But a fantastic finisher Maybe there's a correlation
5: are. there Bad boot boys Make good goals Yeah that's a good <laughs> yeah, yeah I reckon
6: a Bit tenuous for me to be fair But <laughs> Coley, I'll give, <laughs> it, I'll be nice give Cole, <laughs> I'm not even allowed to do that Alan Shearer
2: scored 31 goals And Chris Sutton was level With Matt Letizia on 25 Wow he did get 25.
6: 25. Pretty good Good boy. Who, whose boot boy were you? Um, I was boot boy for Roy McDonough, for Red Card right. Roy, who's got right. sent off more times than anybody else in right. uh, English football. And it's uh, the only footballer I knew who actually put optics up in the uh, home team dressing room. So, yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> OK, so let's go to question two. 1994
2: was also the year
6: of this. Roberto Baggio, the saviour of
2: Italy throughout this tournament. Roberto Baggio's miss meant Brazil beat Italy three-two on penalties to win that year's World Cup. But can you tell me what is Roberto Baggio's nickname? Is it A. Il Pasticcino, the Cupcake? Is it B. Il Divine Codino, the Divine Ponytail? Or is it C. Il Piccolo Pimpi, the Little Prince? I really hope it's Piccolo Pimpin.
6: It's got to be Piccolo Pimpin. Do you, do you think, he yeah, is? I think it you is? Yeah, Did you ever play against him? Mm, no. Again, we was bound from Europe for about five years and he's a lot younger than me. Is so, it? Yeah. I don't think they'd have had the ponytail reference no? before because there must have been a time, I'm just guessing, that he didn't have a ponytail. Yeah. Sure. you know what I mean? So maybe. The Piccolo Pimpy, Pimpe, I think, is the Divine Prince. Is that what it translates to? The Little Prince. Little
5: Prince. I just love the idea of other players calling for the ball by shouting, Piccolo
6: Pimpy! <laughs> I've read Piccolo Pimpy!
2: We're going C. C, Piccolo Pimpy, let's go do it. For C, Piccolo Pimpy. The answer is Il Divine Cordino, the Divine Ponytail. Oh, I'm amazed you wolf. didn't get that right.
6: Well, I knew he had a ponytail, absolutely amazed you didn't get that right. He must have had two nicknames. He couldn't have always been called that because he didn't have a ponytail all the time, did he? Mm, yeah, OK, question three. Which of the following films
2: wasn't released in 1994? Was it A? Uh, in the
6: words of David Cassidy, in fact, um, while he was still with the Partridge family, uh, I think I love you.
2: That was four weddings and a funeral. Was it B? Then put your little hand- Groundhog Day or C? Looks like
4: me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Sorry about that. What you having? Hamburgers. Hamburgers! The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast.
2: That was Pulp Fiction. Which of those films was not released in 1994? Four weddings and a funeral, Groundhog Day or Pulp Fiction? It's pure
6: dartboard stuff, This isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got I've no a,
5: idea. I've got a feeling Pulp Fiction was earlier than that. I've got a funny feeling Pulp Fiction was earlier. Now, that is obviously not for memory, but I've got a feeling that's... that's that's, that. that's where we're going, yeah? Do you want
2: to go with that? Yeah? All right, Pulp Fiction, please, Charlie. You're going to go with Pulp Fiction? Let's find out.
0: Then put your little hand in mine.
2: Groundhog Day was not released in 1994, which means you scored no goals on that round, which makes it 11-10 to Hibs. They've come back. In 1971, I launched a fashion boutique called Edwardia. Here on Glory Hunters, we like to ask the big questions, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face an inquisitive general public as we play A Question of Sport Time. Due to current restrictions, of course, we've got not got a studio audience, so we rely on the power of technology. Can we have our first question, please? Hello. I'd like to ask the panel if they could
4: nominate a film, book or TV show to enjoy whilst self isolating.
2: So that was awesome. we were being asked then awesome. if you could nominate a film, book or TV show to enjoy whilst self isolating. Jacob Hawley. Rather than a sort of specific TV show book or anything like that, I've
5: really been missing going and watching the football oh, every yeah. weekend. I've got a close, close friend of mine that we, we always walk up together. Um, so what we do, and this, I, can't, I can't tell if this is really sad or a really nice thing to do. We started doing this at the same time as the matches used to be, which is sadly Thursdays and Sundays for Arsenal at the moment. <laughs> we we sync it at the time, so it's either a, you know, 7.45 on a Thursday or 4 on a Sunday. We, uh, we both find an old Arsenal game. And you can find them on, on YouTube or other platforms like that. And you both sit at the same time. We FaceTime each other. We get a lager in a little oh, plastic lovely. cup. Yeah, great. We hit play at exactly the same time. We pretend that we're sat watching the football together. And the best ones you can do, you can find old games where it doesn't say the score oh, yeah. in the title, oh, yeah. so you don't actually know who's gonna win. So you sit there, watch an old game. You get into it as if it's actually playing live, and you know you get upset when you concede. You celebrate when you score. And you it should. Feels... Um,
2: you should this week get one with Perry's in. Yeah, Perry's number, add him to your Zoom <laughs> call, cool. yeah.
6: sit there and watch <laughs> it with Perry. Yeah, for <laughs> Actually, Perry. to be fair, I could actually boo myself, so that'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be happy days, wouldn't it? I could join <laughs> in with everybody. Well, <laughs> I mean, you'd have to get wait him off his rubbish, rubbish. rubbish. you would know, be, be awkward, wouldn't it?
5: When he starts playing badly, We're like, oh, oh, no, sorry, you know, mate. You know, you'd have
2: to wait till the last 12 minutes for him to come on, but other than that, it's um.
6: So he gives you one hand <laughs> and takes <laughs> away exactly the other. Like thing is, if I'd have got injured and stuff my career, I could have played till I was about fifty-eight. It's <laughs> <laughs> like just a career of minutes would be brilliant. He's getting him it? some minutes. Yeah,
2: um, what a lovely, what a lovely thing to do.
6: Who's
5: the friend? Uh, it's a mate, of mine, Joe Withers. But he, he, I, I, we, we sort of did it the first time. My, my girlfriend walked in on me doing it. And she, she said, what, what are you doing? And I explained to her, she goes, I can't tell if that's the sweetest thing or the most sad, embarrassing oh, that's, thing that's, that's, you've that's ever a good done. thing. I think that's a good thing. I'm, cool that.
4: I'm going to give cool. you three goals, Jacob.
2: Dougie, yeah, you're a music and
4: film maniac. Yes. I, well, I'll give you one of each quickly. Right? On Netflix, you've got The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale, a great boxing movie about Mickey Ward and his half-brother Dickie Eckland. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it. It's a true story. story. What yeah. a yeah. film. What yeah. a great film. Book-wise, I'll be honest, I've been drawn to Italy. (laughs) And swayed, swayed by a book that's got a travelogue aspect to it, A Season with Verona by Mm. Tim Parks. And it's all about the author who followed Hellas Verona around home and away for the 2000-2001 season. So it's got, it's kind of football and escapism rolled into one. It's a terrific book. You can get it on Amazon very cheaply. And lastly, TV show-wise, I'd like to go to YouTube because you can't find this TV show Anywhere else? See one of the greatest sports dramas ever made, and a depiction of true events, *The Bodyline* (1984 ah. mini-series) about the 1932-33 Ashes series mm-hmm. and the controversial Bodyline bowling therein uh, by the England team, who were captained by my namesake, Douglas Jardine. <laughs> Played in this series by Hugo Weaving, years before he went on to play Agent Smith in *The Matrix*. Ah, there
6: so are. there you go. There's three, three really things, good quality, three, things. Things. three excellent mm. choices. A point for each, Dougie, See, a point for each. Everybody loves a sport where you can actually aim the ball and hit somebody. Yeah, they, That's the exactly well, thing, it is. isn't it? See? Yeah. Perry Groves. I'm going to keep it on the, the films, sporting films, because mm-hmm. they're, they're few and far between. There's a brilliant the 30 for 30 series as well, like the ESPN documentaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a brilliant I Hate Christian Leitner, which is uh, the most hated basketball player in college basketball, which is really good. This sport in life, which is obviously like a social documentary, Richard Harris's first ever yeah. like lead role, I think it was. But I'll take you back to 1975. If there was a a film that was about a sport that included uh, speedway, rollerblading, football, oh. basketball, athletics, boxing, and WWE, all mixed into one sport. What would you say? You'd be like that. I'll have some of that. Yeah, i well, fancy that. I'll give you Rollerball. Rollerball. Yes. Rollerball. Oh, right, 1975. Yeah. Set in the future, 2018. Yeah. But when it was set, you oh. think, well, it's going to be mad if you get 2018. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, set in 2018, and it's a, there's no countries anymore. It's all, uh, everything is run by corporations. And the main uh, uh, actor is James Kahn, who plays Jonathan E. Yeah. And he's uh, the captain of the Houston Rollerball team and you do what you're told. Like if you, they tell you to retire and he's like, no, I'm bigger than rollerball. So basically the game is you're on, you've got a motorbike, you've got the three roller skaters behind him, you've got a, a metal ball that comes from the center, you are going around the track and you have to put it in the other teams like Cubbyhole at either end. So they want to actually retire him and he's like, no, I'm not doing it. So in the end, they think the only way we can get rid of him is we have to kill him. So then the lead of all the corporations say that you're allowed to in the game, you actually had to kill people. To stop him actually getting the ball into your cubbyhole, so he just thinks, "No, I'm not having any of that whatsoever." But the ending is, it's like Rocky, but without Adrian and oh, Buckus. Okay. It's like that. It's at the end. Oh. It is rollerball, like a, a triumph, and uh, you know uh, over adversity. You had me until and the
4: very end. There, I was Heroes, praying You're going to say it. the end is a bit. It's like Rocky meets. Darling buds of me.
6: Sorry, sorry. <laughs> what a lovely mashup. But I'll give you rollable. What a film that Great. is. Great. And well.
4: I love the description of it, Perry. Excellent
3: answer. Three goals. Terry Alderton. The film I'm gonna go for, right, is not a sporting film actually. It's a real it's a real splitter of people All right. in society. you either you've either watched this film, if you haven't watched the film, you haven't watched the film, but I've if seen you've no watched films, it, but if you watched this film, you've either got people that get the film or they don't get the film. Okay. And it's with nail and I, right? Yeah. And in life, I say there are with nailers and there are non with nailers. All right. So you get those people who go, I don't understand that film pretty much like my great whole film. career. It's a great film. It's a brilliant, brilliant, mm. brilliant film. So you're either going to love this film or l- oh, I hate this film, so that's my film recommendation. Uh, there was a- any film, sorry, it's any film with an old beaten up jag in it, it's got me. a water oh, film so that is. It's a beautiful is it? film. Where is it's it's, right, per- it's poems of all time. It is. It's yeah. a piece of poetry. It's a beautiful yeah. film. Uh, if you haven't seen it, then please give it a go. Book-wise... Uh, I'm reading because I watched the BT film with Jimmy Greaves, Greavesy, which is beautiful. When mm. Danny's on that, of course. Then I started reading Jimmy's book, yeah. and it's absolutely fantastic, beautiful read. It's very, it's a good bedtime read. It's lovely to watch. So Jimmy Greaves is the book to read. And my box set is End of the World. It's brilliant. It's, it's, good, see- isn't it? it's, it's on series. Channel Four. It's a series on Channel Four. It's fantastic, right.
5: and it's, it is incredible.
3: Just watch it. It's good. It's another with now, isn't it? Okay. You're either yeah, yeah, going to yeah. like it or not like it. Okay. And, and also an online thing. I've got okay. an online thing. This is brilliant. You've done some work on this Whatever. Man. Whatever happened to Stevie Ocean, please watch that. I okay. mean, that is the original Alan Partridge. Whatever, okay. whatever happened, happened to Stevie Ocean. Stevie Ocean. I like all these things. That is the best. All
2: those things sound excellent, Terry. I'm going to give you three goals. Excellently answered, everybody. Well done. Let's have the next question, please.
1: Hello, panel. It's fair to say this year hasn't been a vintage one. But which year is your least favourite and why?
4: Dougie Anderson. 2002. Scotland weren't at the World Cup and thus began the exodus that continues to this day, not qualifying for a major championship. 22 years and counting as now since France 98. It felt horrible not being at the top table then and, of course, still does now. Same year, Champions League final. That was at Hampden. Saw Zinedine Zidane score the wonder goal, which I missed, because I had to go flat hunting in Kentish Town, oh. London, having just moved south from Edinburgh, Scotland oh dear. And uh, even worse, Hibs lost every game we played against Hearts in 2002. And even worse than all that, one couldn't even find solace in the hit Parade that year, with the three best-selling singles coming from Will Young, Gareth Gates and Enrique Iglesias. Oof. It truly was the Annus horribilis. <coughs> A terrible
2: year <laughs> for music, for Dougie Anderson <coughs> and for flat owners. In Kentish Chain. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you uh, two goals, Dougie. Two thanks, goals thanks. to make it 2002. Jacob Hawley.
5: It's quite a difficult question to answer, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever what, had been, a, one being so you young? You've had a charmed life, what, haven't you, well, J.K.? No, it's, it's not like about a charmed life, but how many people can say they've had a, a, a whole year that's bad? Well, some people. It's a long time. Well, unless people. you've been in jail. It's not like every day's is bad. That's only because you're at three square meals a day. is not <laughs> that
2: bad. You've <laughs>
5: been 15 years old, mate. <laughs> My worst year, I went for 2008. Oof. Uh, for, from an Arsenal perspective, it was the year where we really should have won the league. It was... Uh, we. We had a decent team, like the sort of uh, Van Persie and bio up front. Midfield of uh, Fabregas, Hleb, Brzezinski, Theo was there. It was the year when Eduardo broke his leg at Birmingham. We only finished four points off winning the league that season, but it was that was that was the last time we went. Oh, that that was a just about good enough team where we could have won it. Uh, and that's when everyone started leaving. So that, that from an Arsenal perspective, it was bad. I got bad GCSE results, so oh. that wasn't good. And actually, I got swine flu oh. that year. But apart oh, from that, yeah, I think 2008, probably the worst
3: 2008, one. 2008, I'm going to give you two goals. Terry Olderton. Hello. My worst year, Charlie Baker, uh, is 2016 when it all started with Lemmy the singer. Uh, right. Lemmy the singer passed away, and then oh, so did yeah. George Michael, oh, so yeah. did Carrie Fisher, Everyone so did Leonard died. Cohen, so did Rick Parfit, so did Arnold Palmer, so did Gene Wilder, so did Prince, so did Gary Shandling, and the list went on. And I hated that year because so many heroes. Bowie, me. it was a nightmare oh. Gary Shandling, that was a real Shandling, was, I mean awful. That yeah. year was I mean it was quite incredible And of course they were all of a Well, weren't all of a similar age But it was a nightmare
2: uh, It's <laughs> a good
6: answer, Terry Can't argue with it I'm going to give you three goals Perry Groves uh, My worst year was 1981 mm. uh, 1980 I was flying I was uh, playing for Suffolk Schoolboys uh, I was ball boy at Wembley In the 1980 Cup final Arsenal Against wow, West Ham Obviously playing for the county side, going out with a school hottie called Anne Hills. But the main reason being I was associate schoolboy at Wolverhampton Wanderers in 1980. So uh, in the local area, Terry would tell you, if you was an associate schoolboy with somebody, that meant you was a bit of a player. So I used to go up every school holiday uh, to Wolves, do the training, like Easter holidays, summer holidays, five weeks. Then you get to the end of your associate schoolboy forms and you're 16. And they tell you whether they're going to keep you as an apprentice or not. And Being a full-time apprentice is like the Holy Grail. It's everything that you want to do. So 1981, I can remember the day, Thursday the 7th of May in 1981, I'm yeah. waiting uh, for a letter to drop through the letter mm. box from Wolverhampton Wanderers with the oh. headed like, envelope on there, little wolf in the corner. Yeah. And that letter is going to determine the rest of my life, whether I'm going to be taken as an apprentice or not. It took me two hours to, you know, so I can remember, a couple of hours waiting to open it, end up opening it, and the first line was, uh, Dear Perry, uh, due to financial constraints, we are sorry to inform you, we will not be offering you an oh. apprenticeship with Wolverhampton Rojas Football Club, right? It's the first time I'd ever had rejection oh. uh, with football, because you best player, yeah. school team, best player. So it's like, <laughs> on the Saturday, uh, the 9th of May, that mob up the road, playing against Man City in the FA Cup final. Mm. Tommy Hutchinson scores for happy days. They, Man City go 1-0 up. Then he scores an own goal, so it's one all. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is getting this pain. This is, at least they haven't won. So then they have the replay on the Wednesday. Man City 2-1 uh, up. Garth Crooks equalised for that lot. And then Ricky Villa like, stumbles through about eight oh, people like, as if he's falling goal. over. Gets was. it to the box. Has another fall over. Toe pokes <laughs> it past Joe Corrigan. So there they go 3-2 up. And that mob up the road. Win like the FA Cup. Yeah. So those like those three days, I'm like, my life's oh. finished at 16, completely finished. But there's always Anne. I've got Anne here. I've always got Anne here. Another letter comes through the letterbox. Oh, no, open it. You're chucked. Oh. oh. The brutal reality. By letter, oh, so well by a letter as well. Letter. Yeah. Damn. So I thought, and what are you doing to me? So I about thought King's going to sign you on Schoolboy Form. I've done that on
2: In the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Losing side goes first. It's currently 24-23 to hips, So, Arsenal, you will be going first. Right, here we go. Come on. I'm going to list a series of prominent world figures and the football teams they support. All you've got to do is tell me which are true and which are false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. I'm a meter, I'm a meter. Are we ready? Your time starts now John Major, Chelsea True It is true Emmanuel Macron, Arsenal False
5: No, it's false Sorry, It's false
2: false. Boris Johnson, (laughs) Preston North End False It is false Theresa May, Wimbledon True It's true Nicola Sturgeon, Air United True It is true Angela Merkel, Tranmere Overs False False. It is false Richard Nixon, New York Cosmos True True. It's false The Dalai Lama, Bradford City False It's true Ronald (sighs) Reagan, Aldershot False It is false Kim Jong-un, Man United. True. It is true. Pope Francis, Yeovil. False. It's false. Barack Obama, West Ham. False. It's true. Boris Yeltsin, Portsmouth. False. It's false. Prince Charles, Burnley. False. It's true. Tony Blair, Newcastle United. False. It's true. Boutros Boutros Boutros-Garley, Dagenham and Redbridge. (laughs) False. It's false. (laughs) King Harold of Norway, Spurs. True. It is true. Prince William, Aston Villa. True. I'm a meter, I'm a meter. It is true. you got the last one Right. So, at the end of that round, you scored 13. Very, very good. Takes you to 36 goals. Bit of pressure, chaps. Bit of pressure. Hibernian, Terry and Dougie, you will be trying to get to 37, which means you need 13. You need 13 to to win. I'm going to list a series of terms and phrases linked to polo. All you have to do is tell me which are true and which are false. (laughs) Are you' kidding! Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a direct correlation, isn't it? When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. Perry grows.
3: <laughs> Are we ready? Well, You're, no,
2: but okay. we'll just crack on anyway. Your time <laughs> starts now. Chuck True. True. It is true. Big swing. False. Tis false. Hired assassin. False. It's true. Clucking. True. It's false. Top ender. True. It's false. Millionaire shot. True. It's true. Burning spear. False. It's false. Mallet. True. true. It's true. The Tom Tom Club. False. Tis false. false. Tuppany Nudging. True. It's false. <coughs> Neck Shot. True. It's true. Queasy. True. It is true. Bosh. True. It's false. Quantocking. False. It is false. Third Man. True. Tis true. Scaramanga. False. It's false. false. it's false. Martingale. False. It is true. Girth. True. true. It's true. Pummeling. True. true. False. Puffing. True. It's true. Big man up front. False. false. It is false. Willow ball. Terry True. Oh, it is true. Have could you done enough? That could be scores it. are coming in. He's done 15. Oh, I've actually oh, won. I've actually So well at the end of the round, won. he scored 15 goals, which means the final scores are Arsenal 36, Hibs 39. Uh, Terry Olderton has won a game of Glory Hunters. I can't
3: believe it. <laughs> Terry, what would you, would you oh, like I'm to tell so us? so pleased. I've only won two things. This and the winner of Sky Star Search. That's uh. it. <laughs> Oh, I'm that's so it. pleased to have See, won this. But that's
6: a bit, it's your privileged upbringing for the polo. You played for Trump. It's true, Barry. in you know their you know you know garden every day. It's exactly.
2: that, there we are. To our winners, we say... In the words of David Cassidy, in fact, um, while he was still with the Partridge family, uh, I think I love you. And for the losers...
0: And you will know my name is the Lord.
6: When I lay my vengeance upon thee.
2: My thanks to Terry, Dougie, Perry, and Jacob. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, is goodbye. (laughs) There we are. All your fault, Perry. On on Jacob's rules.
6: (laughs) (laughs) He just guessing. We weren't in synchronised, was we, on the yeah, guessing?
5: we weren't in synchronised on the guessing this time around.
3: There's a, lot, a lot of work went on on the,
2: on the hip side, though.
3: A, a win, Terry! A win! I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I'm actually more excited than you realise.
4: Yeah. A very, win for the mighty excited. hips! On behalf yeah. of, of everyone in the figures. Hibernian family, we say thank you, Terry. Thank you. More than welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go, That was it. Glory Hunters podcast. Thanks for downloading. Do rate and subscribe. And we'll see you again next week.